Now it makes me wonder why some of them never joined the choir. And they're only showing their talents when they were leaving. Hallelujah. But we bless God. Amen. He's a good God. He's great. Amen. Somebody told me that I've been gisting with my friend who doesn't believe in God. And he said, you cannot convince me that there is God. I said, well, I cannot convince you because I cannot transfer my experience into your life. Because when I do that, then you'll be able to understand why there is God and why we need to serve him. Praise God. God has been good to every one of us. And for that, we say thank you. Hallelujah. I have a message from God about the future. It's, uh, if you need a title, it says confidence for the future. And this is targeting the final year, brethren, for us that are finalizing. What's next? Praise God. So how do you develop the confidence that you need to go into the future? Amen. <coughs> I understand that it is intrinsic human behavior to be scared of the unknown. Praise God. Human beings are scared of the things they don't know and understand. So I remember as a child I was growing up, if mommy said, go into the room and bring something for me, if there's no light in the room, I will be scared to go into that room. I'll be dragging my feet because I don't know what's in that room. Even though mommy can assure you that it's safe, nothing is wrong. Nobody teaches you to fear darkness. As you grow up as a human being, you begin to fear the things that you don't understand. Because you don't know where your feet are stepping. You don't know what somebody might have left that they didn't take away that might make you to stumble. So you're scared because you don't know. Praise God. You don't know. And one of the things that we don't know is the future. And as, as a result, most of the time we get scared of the future and that paralyzes us. It puts us in a corner where we cannot go forward. Amen. So how do you handle not knowing for certain what's going to happen? Praise God. So what if now you're leaving, we are finishing, what now? What next? What if? What would have happened if I had done this? What would happen if I take this step? So many questions. And these questions, if you're not careful, can build up into what becomes a very dangerous fear. And fear has a paralyzing effect on your destiny. So once you start to fear, you start to fear about what is going to happen next. You know, what's going to happen if I ask her out and she, 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 she said no? I'll be embarrassed, you know? And that's how you go leaving your wife behind. <laughs> Praise God. So you get scared of a lot of things because you don't know the outcome. So how do you handle situations like that when you don't know the outcome? As a believer, what do you do? Praise God. In the world or in the business world, they, they try to handle that by what they call uh, risk assessment analysis. Your banker, you understand? You try to calculate the rigs, the outcome, and things like that. Uh, the worst case scenario is it worth taking the step? So you try to analyze, use kinds of all kinds of models to try to analyze what's going to happen. But in the kingdom of God, we don't do risk assessment analysis. If at all you need to assess anything, is maybe faith assessment analysis, yeah. or trust assessment analysis, or belief assessment analysis. Praise God. 
Because in the kingdom of God, you don't need to be at the end to know what happens at the end because there's somebody who has been there and has told you what he has done at the end. Praise God. So all God is asking for us is to trust and to believe him. So like Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Can you, can you uh, put? Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Uh, do you know at, at the age at which God is telling Abraham to leave this place? He was 75 years old. He was 75 years old. He had gotten comfortable with his father feeding him and taking care of him and his wife. Because at that time, he was still living in his father's house. So I had accepted the norm that ah, at this age, if I'm not able to get my own house, then there's nothing more. But God suddenly comes and says, Abraham, no. That is not going to work from now henceforth. Get out and I will take you to a great place. Abraham would have wondered, how, how, how will it be? How will it be? You've gotten so comfortable in Wageningen. AGV is like a family for you. And God suddenly says, no, you're going to Jamaica. How do you handle that? Praise God. How do you handle leaving your comfort zone? Somebody comes and offers you a job after your master. They will pay you 5,000 euros net income. Praise God. You are so excited, but before you finish ex your excitement, God suddenly tells you, no, you cannot take that job. How do you handle that? How are you sure that what God has planned for you is better than 5,000 euros a month? How are you able to handle such situations? The ones that tell you no. You cannot, you cannot, I mean, everything, it, it beats your logic, eh? it beats your scientific mind sometimes when God asks you to do some things. How can you tell me to leave? I'm not alone. Abraham would have said, I'm not, I have family. I have a wife in case you don't notice. I don't want to go to a place where I'll be embarrassed. Praise God. How do you handle things like that? in your choices of job, in your choices of life partner, in your choices of way to live. How do you handle uncertainty? Amen? Then you need to understand the power of knowledge. The power of knowledge. Praise God. In Hosea, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of understanding. Or my people are limited because they do not yet understand some certain things. If there's anything that limits you in the kingdom of God is your ability to know what God has in store for you. Praise God. It's knowledge. The Bible saying God sent forth his word or his information. Oh, God sends knowledge their way and that knowledge liberated them. That knowledge delivered them of their destruction. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing or faith comes by understanding. You don't pray for faith. You, you grow your faith through understanding. When you understand, faith is a natural product of understanding the scriptures. So when you're able to understand the scripture, faith is a natural byproduct. You don't need to do anything about it. And that's why it's important to, to keep five steps to grow your faith and things like that. But faith is a byproduct of understanding what God has in store for you. 
So once you have the perfect understanding that your future is great, faith to believe that your future is great is actually settled. You believe it because now you understand. So what are the things that you need to understand? The first is what really is the future? You have to be able to understand that. What really is the future? When we talk about the future, what comes to mind is that a certain time ahead of us that we look to get to. Okay, so when you said, okay, in the future, maybe in your mind, you're thinking about 15 years from now or 20 years from now, or it may even be tomorrow. So your whole concept of the future is time. And that is how we are thought. That's how we understand things. Our whole concept of the future is about time. But that is not the future. The future is not about time. It's not a time that you aspire to get to. Praise God. Because you can be the same you are today and still in 20 years time you still be the same you. So in the concept of time, you have gone to your future but there's nothing that has changed about your life. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So what we need to understand is that your future is actually inbuilt within you. Praise God. Your future is actually built within you. It's actually within you. What's the future of a seed? The future of a seed is a tree. Praise God. The future of a seed is a tree. The future of a child is an adult. Praise God. It's an adult. So everything that seed needs to become a tree is actually within that seed. So the future of that seed is not waiting for it 20 years over there. It's actually resident, dormant within that seed until it is activated and then that future manifests. So as a child of God, your future is not somewhere waiting for you, but your future was given with you the day you were born. That's what he told Jeremiah. He said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew thee and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. So I saw Jeremiah at the age of two or at the age of one, or the day he was born, was already a prophet. So his future was not waiting for him after his 50. His future was already in him at the time he was born. He was just waiting for the right environment to manifest that future. Praise God. So we need to understand, and that is very critical. Understanding that will change your whole concept about the future. Because you now realize something important. That actually external forces are limited when it comes to your future. Because they are inbuilt. So for that, for any external force to get to you, it has to break the outer shell that is who you are and get on the inside of you. Praise God. And that builds your confidence in the future. That builds your confidence in the future. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible said God is able to complete the things that he's... Yeah? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So when God was creating you, he created you with your future within, within you. Praise God. And I mentioned it already, but that concept alone makes you understand how limited the things that are outside of you are when it comes to your future. Because a lot of the time, we blame a lot of 
things that are outside. Uh, I, my parents were not good to me. Uh, I didn't have a good education and things like that. Actually, God didn't take those things into account. He didn't give them the ability to influence your future. What happens is actually you enable those things to have an effect on your future. But originally, God made it so that your future had nothing to do with external forces and his understanding. Once you understand that, then you begin to live above those situations. Amen. You begin to live above those circumstances. Hallelujah. And let your future is qualitative. And I say that because I know who designed it. Praise God. Your future is qualitative because, you know, it's one thing to trust somebody that that comes to you with a product and tells you this product is very qualitative and he has no track record. It's very difficult to believe him. But when you look at the galaxy, you look at the trees, you look at the grasses, you look at everything God has created, you look how interconnected they are, you look at that billions of cells in your body that are connecting and doing amazing things. God has a track record. And when he tells you that your future is good, better believe him. You can go to sleep. You can go to sleep because he has a mark of quality. Praise God. So when he says that my thoughts for you are thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and an expected and to give you hope, you can go to bed because God, he knows his job. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He knows his job. But just like a seed, just like a seed whose future is a tree, that seed needs um, an environment to manifest itself, right? So if you put a seed in the ground and a seed on the rock, they still have the same potential, right? They still have the same potential. Both seeds were created with the ability to transform into trees. But the one was placed in a good environment and the one was placed on a rock where it cannot find roots, it cannot penetrate, it cannot find water. Praise God. So just like that seed, our future that is built inwards needs a good environment to manifest. Praise God. You need to create for it the right environment. You need to create for it the right environment. And one of the first things is actually by feeding it or by supplying the water to it, which is the word of God. Pastor, I've been talking about this rooted and grounded. Praise God. So you supply nutrients to your future so that it can find expression. Hallelujah. Praise God. Seems I'm talking to myself, yeah? Praise God. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 8. Second Chronicles 32, verse 8. Is anybody there? Yeah. He said, with him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battle. My interest is the second part. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah said. This was, it was a time of war. The king of Assyria came with a mighty army that's ten times better than them, ten times stronger than them. Praise God. And the people were struggling to believe that they could live to the next hour. But Hezekiah the king told them, he said, with them is only the arm of the flesh. Mm. He said, but with us 
God will help us and fight our battles. And the Bible says, as he spoke those, those words, the people gained confidence. So they were no longer seeing the, Assyrians, the Assyrian army, they were seeing Jehovah. They were seeing God that is able to fight their battles for them. That is what the word of God does. It creates the right environment for your future to manifest itself. So it gives you hope. It gives you confidence. So every time there's a negative situation, you speak the word of God into it. You speak the word of God. You keep speaking the word because what you're doing, just like that seed, you're supplying it with water. You're supplying it with nutrients. You're supplying it with everything it needs to be what it was created to be. Praise God. The word of God is very, very important. As a matter of fact, as human beings, we're originally designed to live solely on the word of God. And that's why the Bible says man shall not live by bread. That was not only in the Testament. It was already in, I think, Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone. You were not meant to live by bread. You were meant to be sustained by the word of God. When you think sometimes, when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40, that beats biology. Praise God. Biology cannot understand how a man can stay 40 days and 40 nights without food, without water. Praise God. That is because food and water were not originally meant to sustain that man. But he had the original food, which is the word of God. So as human beings, we need to start understanding the significance of the word of God as concerning our future. So you want to build faith about your future. You want to be certain about your future. Find out what God says about that future and start declaring it. Start declaring it. Start declaring it. And every situation will succumb. Praise God. Faith, then you have developed a positive lifestyle. Some people are just waiting for something little to happen. They start being pessimistic. Oh, I knew it. I knew that I cannot do this thing. You know, just a tiny opportunity. It's like they are waiting for bad things to happen. They are lost. Praise God. We must not be like that. We must say it is well. Say unto the righteous, it is well with his soul. Praise God. So when bad things happen, you say, no, it is well. I know God. I know who I serve. Praise God. Jesus came to the fig tree and he found no thing. The Bible says, and Jesus Christ answered back. That is mighty. Eh? Jesus Christ, the Bible didn't did just, he didn't just say to the tree. He answered back to the tree. That means the tree spoke to him. The tree actually spoke to Jesus and said, Jesus, there's no fruit for you. You cannot get fruit from me. And Jesus Christ answered back and said, if I cannot eat from you, no one will eat from you again. You need to start speaking to even inanimate things, non-living things, your chair, your bed, everything, your books, your pencil in your exam. Speak life to it. I say you will write. If I'm writing something wrong, you, you, my hand will cease. Praise God. So you learn to speak. Eh? Speak positive things about your life. Speak positive things about everything that concerns you. When you have that lifestyle, your life is settled. Praise God. Then finally, I'll talk about the God factor. You know, if there's no reason why you should be confident about the future, you should be confident about the future because you know who God is. Praise God. You know who God is. Sometimes we, we as human beings 
our concept of time is different from God's concept of timing. Praise God. For us, we have the past, we have the present, and we have the future. God doesn't have a past. He doesn't have a future. God only has a now. Praise God. Every time for him, it is what? Now. So when you think, ah, in 20 years, this will happen, God is already there. He's there now. Praise God. For God, the time is always now. So when you think that, ah, what will happen in the future, things like that, you should be confident knowing that there's already a God there. Praise God. There's a God there. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 15. The Bible says, whatever is has already been. And what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. So he said, whatever is has already been. And what will be has been before. So he's saying the future has already existed before. Your future has already finished before. So God has actually gone to your future and saw how it happened. And he came back to you and told you, I know that your future is great. He has picked into it because he created it. So God's concept of time is always now. And that should make you confident. When God says that your future is bright, he's not making you feel good. He's not trying to create butterfly feelings in your stomach. No, he's telling you because he knows. He knows. When he says your future is great, I will give you a future, I will prosper you. It is because he knows. Yeah? Praise God. Romans 4 verse 17. The Bible says, It's God that calls things that be not as though they are. He said, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. I'll just say a few things about that scripture and we close. He said he calls things that be not as though they are. This scripture, the Bible puts it this way so that we can understand it as human beings. So when the Bible says he calls the things that be not, those things be not to human beings, not to God. When he says he calls the things that be not, or he says he calls the things that don't exist, they don't exist in our own understanding. But in God's understanding, it is already actually been. So when he says the things that be not, another translation could be the things that be not in the eyes of human beings as though they already are in the eyes of human beings because for me, Everything is already now. Praise God. So this scripture is telling you that the things that be not, it is, they have not been to you, but to God they have already been. And that is why he, can, he, he calls the things that be not as though they are because to him they already are. Praise God. That should give you confidence. That should tell you that no, I don't have to be scared of the future. Praise God. So my advice is to trust God that your future is secure because he said so. Amen. He said so. And I believe him. When God talks about my future, I believe him. Because I cannot give life to a fly. He created everything by the word of his power. And that same word, he has spoken to me and said, your future will be great. He said, my thoughts and plans towards you are thoughts of good and not of evil. I believe him. 
choose to believe God today. Amen. Amen. Shall we rise on our feet? Pastor.